Welcome to Laughter for All. It's the podcast with comedian Nazareth. Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of the Laughter for All podcast. I am comedian Nazareth. Thank you for joining us again. And as usual, we do bring you host, a guest that will entertain you and encourage you and make you laugh. Not always make you laugh last. You know, sometimes we have comedians, sometimes we have, uh, like we had last time, we had uh, a clinical therapist, uh, we had physicians, we had different models, actors, uh, sports uh, figures, and musicians. So, uh, but I can guarantee you by the end of the show, you'll be encouraged, lifted up, and all that. So, this is awesome. Thank you for joining us. Also, I want to remind you that tonight and every weeknight at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, we have our uh, Live with Nas show, which where you get to be funny for an hour and be encouraged. It's an hour of laughter and encouragement. So I want to thank you for joining us. And let's see. We're going to. All right. Let me introduce my guest. Uh, my guest is our friend, a friend of my wife, friend of our family. And uh, they used to live in California, but they moved to Missouri. And when they come to California, first thing we do is we see them. So Morgan Allen is a songwriting father and daughter duo of Nolan Morgan and Heather Allen. Uh, partnering together with the ministry of his mu musician pool in Jamestown, Missouri, they began recording in 2019 to share their catalog of music that they have written over the past four decades. Awaken the Dawn is their debut album with a wide variety of musical impressions from rock, jazz, folk, gospel, and modern worship. They are guaranteed to find a song that moves you on this 12-song LP uh, on their Spotify. So if you want to check them out on Spotify, please welcome my friend Heather Allen. And Heather, welcome to the show. Hello, Naz. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for taking the time to be with us, and it's awesome. How is you're in Jamestown, Missouri? Is that where you're at? Well, we we are in Ashland, Missouri. The studio that it, his musician pool is out of is in Jamestown, Missouri. So it's about a half an hour away from me. <laughs> so you were in California. You, yes. Are you are you a California girl? Were you born and raised? I'm California? a California girl. I actually was born in New York. But I um, was raised in California. My father and my mother are both from California. And he went to Bible college back in New York. And my mom followed him. And, and they had me and my sister while they were out there in New York and then came back to California. So I was raised in Oceanside, California, grew up in North County, grew up at the beach. <laughs> and so... Your husband, this you know, his work. I understand he he worked for a major company. What's the name of yeah, it? Yeah, he worked for Siemens. Uh -huh. uh, he he did kind of green energy HVAC systems, and he's in sales. And um, they are they moved us out to Missouri, which was a massive blessing because it's incredibly expensive to move a family of six from one state to another with all of our stuff. <laughs> no. Uh, Take me back to the moment when he came home and said, hey, Heather, we're leaving California. We're going to Missouri. <laughs> what was that conversation like? Well, actually, it was it was a process. And Corona, moving to Corona, meeting you guys was actually a huge part of it. Um, you know, I my husband, Tim, had wanted to move out of California for a very long time. He used to come back to Missouri when he was in his early teens, like 12, 13. And he'd spend summers out here with some family. And he had just, you know, thought this would be a great place. This is where I want to raise my family. And, um, and so, you know, he had talked to me about it and I'd said, yeah, there's, there's no way I'm leaving California. That's not going to happen. So you know, <laughs> just have to, we'll just have to keep praying about that. See what happens. There will need to be a major heart change for me. God, it will be a God thing if I ever leave. And um, so, you know, we stayed, we had our four kids and we were, you know, uh, living in Oceanside. All of my family was there. My mother, my father, my sisters, my cousins, my uncles and aunts, everyone was very close by. And so I had a great support system and I, you know, I was very happy. But um, when 
when Siemens told Tim that he had to move if he was going to start working out of the Orange County branch, um, we moved to Corona and we were only there for about 18 months. And God took that time living off the nightmare of the 91 highway. <laughs> to, to <laughs> that would make anyone move. My heart. <laughs> yeah. God used the 91 freeway. <laughs> if that's a, if that could possibly happen. But um, yeah, we lived, we lived, you know, there off the 91 and Tim had to commute to work every day and was sitting on that thing, like a parking lot, like six hours of his life every day. And after a year of that, I just thought it's killing me that my husband's whole life is sitting in a car, not going anywhere. He's, you know, wasting hours of his life doing that. And um, and God just really started to give me a desire for open land and open space and quiet. And it was amazing. So, you know, because we living there in Corona, we just there were sirens all the time, night and day and um I just really started to get this desire for outdoors and wide open spaces. And uh, and so God just really shifted my heart. And in doing that, then um, Tim had this great year with Siemens where God just blessed him like crazy. And they basically let him name whatever he wanted to do. You know, they're like, you, whatever you want in the company, we'll give it to you. And he said, well, I want to move to Missouri. Will you guys move me out to Missouri? And they said, OK. So they they started working him out of the St. Louis branch. They paid to move our entire family out of there, which I was amazed because, you know, out there we're in like a 2000 square foot home. I never even put anything in a box. The moving company came. They boxed our entire house. They put everything in the trucks. They moved it all there. Then they brought it all out here to Missouri and unpacked it all. I didn't even have to do, I didn't lift a finger. So I was like, wow, that is such a God thing. I mean, they even moved my vehicle out for me. They drove it out, put it in a storage facility until we were out here and ready to move into our new home. And it, it was amazing. It That's just, God's I mean, blessing. You know that. Oh you know. man. It was such a blessing. I knew the hand of God was all over it. I just praised him up and down. Like it's insane. I even so, looked at like the sheets afterwards and saw the cost and I was just blown away. I, it was tens of thousands of dollars. And it was crazy. <laughs> the move you got. Now, the first tornado that came into Missouri, <laughs> what happened? Actually, you know, we have been really blessed. The area that we live on is really close to the river. And for some reason, the river kind of breaks those things up. So we've had a mm. lot of tornado warnings and stuff go through, but nothing has hit the city or the town that we live in. We've never been hit by a tornado while we've been here. So um, just recently, I think maybe about a year ago, uh, Jefferson City, which is about 15, 20 minutes away from us, they got hit with a pretty major tornado, which was very surprising because I don't think Jeff City has been hit with a tornado in over 100 years. And that one was pretty severe. We actually even had... Um, Samaritan's Purse, the Billy Graham, and then yes. they actually came, brought their their vehicles and their, um, you know, kind of uh, disaster relief. And they, they used our church parking lot as their headquarters while they were in Jeff City trying to help out. They were there for about a week and a half and did a lot of wow. great stuff. So, so yeah. But now tell me, how, how, you, you've been in Missouri for how long right now? About three years, it's, four years? It's been seven years now. <gasps> Are you I know, serious? Seven years. <laughs> so how is your teens at the time felt? How old was when, how old was your oldest when you guys moved to, from California? Uh, Nathan was, it was seven years ago. Nathan was 13. So he had just become a teenager. <laughs> So that was hard for them to move, right? Yeah. I mean, it was a big change. I think for most of them, they were pretty, they were pretty good about it. It, it wasn't, uh, it didn't end up being, you know, as disastrous <laughs> as it could have been. They could have been really sad and missing California. Um, but they actually, they did really well with the transition and um, I think, you know, Chloe was the youngest, so she was, still in kindergarten when we did the move. And so she got to start right away in Cali in the kindergarten out here. And, and she did really good. 
and everybody else, they, they transitioned pretty well. Um, my, my second son, Josiah, he is an outdoor kid. So he's just a hands-on kid. And so he actually just really loved it. The, the house we were able to get out here, it's got about seven acres on it. And wow. uh, part of that's wooded. And we actually have like a little creek with a little waterfall and everything. So it's, brag, it's brag, really cool. Brag. Yeah. And he's, um, he's just an outdoor guy. So when we got here, I think I didn't see him for like a month and a half. He just, bye mom, and took off. He was out in the outside. <laughs> we had a next door neighbor right across the street from us, had a son the exact same age as Josiah. And they would play together every day and they would be gone out in the, in the forest in our backyard building uh, lean-tos and fire pits. And I mean, they came in the house for food and that was okay. about it. <laughs> okay, California people hear that. Uh, so Heather, let's see. You said your dad went to seminary in, in New York when you were born. So he was a believer. Was he a, yes. a worship leader? Was he a pastor? What was your dad doing? You know, he kind of came out of the Jesus movement. We were out there in okay. California. Well, I wasn't yet, but um, he was out there and he's he's a young surfing guy. You know, he's he's been surfing since he was like 10 years old. He used to ride his bike to the beach out in Long Beach with his board under his arm. <laughs> Little 10 year old kid on his bike. You know? mm. So um, so he was kind of just in that area and and kind of got swept up with, you know, just just the spirit of God that was falling all over the place in Southern California back there in the 70s. And, um, and so they used to get these, um, these tapes that were Bible studies that they would listen mm. to all the time as they were just growing in their faith. And on the, all the tapes were coming from this Bible college out in Rochester, New York called Elam Bible College. Mm. And so he just decided, well, this is where I'm getting all my studies from. I want to go to that college and go there and study there. So that's what led him to New York, which is hilarious because a lot of the things about this album that was really cool for me was I got to hear these stories that I never knew. You know, I started asking him these questions. I'm like, what? Why were you in New York anyways? Why was that where you chose to go to Bible college? <laughs> mm. but, um, but yeah, so that's why he said he went to New York is because all the studies that they were doing out there in California were coming from Elam Bible College. And so that's why he decided to go there. But uh, so what I'm saying is you were born into a Christian family. Mm -hmm. uh, is that how you came to Christ? Or was there a moment where you felt, you know what, I know my parents are Christian, but were you rebelling? Did you get to a point where you said, <laughs> Well, I you want to know the dirt, huh? <laughs> yeah, give me some dirt. Let's <laughs> see. <laughs> um, <laughs> Actually, <laughs> well, I was, you know, I growing up in a Christian household, um, my father was always the worship leader where we were. I, I was used to um, just being a part of a family that serving God was part of our DNA. It was just what we did, you know, and and um, and it was funny because back then we were kind of um a part of the group that that started Calvary Chapel of Oceanside. So it was oh. kind of in, in its formative years. And we were meeting in in homes for a while. We were meeting at different locations, but it was kind of a set up tear down. I remember when we were actually meeting at the YMCA in Oceanside when it was I can't remember what the name of the street is, but, but, um, but so it was set up, tear down, you know, we always had all this equipment in our house. Cause Melrose, was it Melrose or Cannon or what, what street was it? I, I know I oh. do a lot. I teach a lot in Oceanside. So, yeah. uh, you know, Pastor like, Mike, was it Pastor Mike who with you? Yeah, it's the old street. It's like a block off of, uh, North coast highway, which used to be Hill street for all you yeah. old Californians out there. Hill street. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, um, Pastor Mike was your pastor. Was he with you guys at the time? You know, I was there when Pastor Mike started as a youth pastor. I remember his first oh. Sunday there when he uh, came in to be the new youth pastor. And I'm sorry to say, I honestly wasn't happy about it because I loved Matthew Chickalis, which who was uh, Chick was the youth pastor that we had before. Uh, Pastor Mike came in and, and I love Pastor Mike. I mean, he was a great guy, amazing guy. And uh, he's, you know, he's such a testament to the, the grace of God. But, um, but yeah, I love Chick. I miss Chick. 
<laughs> so but, continue the trajectory to the dirt and then coming to Christ. <laughs> okay, so we're getting in there. So, um, so yeah, so I, I loved the Lord. Uh, when I was seven, we had gone to a, um, a retreat. Calvary Chapel would every year they or every summer they'd kind of have a summer retreat up in like Lake Arrowhead, mm -hmm. and we went up there. And that's when I I was like seven years old. And I decided I wanted to get baptized. I wanted to give my life to the Lord. And uh, actually, Chuck Smith baptized me in a pool up there. Wow. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, and, you know, so I was young. And I honestly, our relationship with the Lord at different ages, it takes on a different nature because it means something different to you as you get older. And mm -hmm. um, so at, at seven, I gave my life to the Lord. But then as I became a teenager, I kind of started wandering away a little bit. And um, so when I was 15, I really rededicated my life to the Lord and got super serious at that point. I'm like, okay, this is real. I'm going to stop messing around. I'm not going to, you know, uh, just <laughs> play around with the world. I know that God is it, following his will and serving him is the best, best way to go is the best thing for my life. So I'm going to stop, stop goofing off and, and get real about it. Were you into music back then? You said you were in worship, uh, doing worship at the time. Um, yeah. So it wasn't until I was 17 that I started uh, serving on the worship teams with my father. And that was kind of his request. I, um, I was playing in the drum line in our marching band in high school. And uh, so I had been the section leader my junior year and we were going into my senior year. And my dad asked me, he said, you know what? I want you to quit this and I want you to come and start playing with me on the worship team. And I said, I thought about it for a whole half a second. I said, okay, I'll do that. <laughs> that sounds good. So <laughs> it wasn't like you had this dream of becoming a, like a solo singer or oh, being no. your own. No, oh, you no. never. You no, didn't. I, I didn't even, I did not think I could sing at all. Um, I didn't attempt to sing in front of anyone until I was, I think about 22, 23 years old. Um, I actually, the first ever time I sang in front of anybody, it was, it was really sad. I, <laughs> I was in this summer school program. It was the, right before I was going into my freshman year of high school. I had this amazing teacher, Peter Pupping. He's an awesome classical guitar teacher. And, um, and we had this group of people and we decided we had like three sessions and um, he had everybody all the same together, except for me. I was the only person that had a different class. I was doing like beginning keyboard. And so he's like, hey, Heather, why don't you drop that class? We're going to turn this into a rock band. And we're just going to we'll learn music theory. We'll do all this stuff. But we're going to turn it into a rock band. And so we're like, everyone was on board. Cool. Let's do it. So um, so one of the things about that is that, you know, if we were going to perform, he wanted somebody in the group to become the singer. So he made each and every single one of us get up and sing this song. And I'm like, I told him, I'm like, uh -uh, I don't want to sing. I don't I can't sing. Please don't ask me to sing. And he's like, come on, Heather, just sing this one part and then you can sit down. And you don't have to worry about it. And I was the only girl in there. It was a bunch of guys. And they were all about two, three years older than me because I'm just a freshman coming in. They're all like about to be seniors in mm. high school. And so very intimidating. I get up and I start singing. Uh, I, what was the song? Oh, I, I can remember it in my head. I just can't remember the name of it. It's old 70s tune. And um, I start singing it. And then I like three lines in, I'm like, okay, I'll really go for it. I'll try and do this thing. So I start kind of getting into it a little bit and I sang a different note. I sang a note based on the recording, but not what was on the sheet music in front of me. And he actually stops me and goes, Heather, just sing what's on the paper. Don't sing any other notes. And it just like shut me down. <laughs> I was like, that was oh, it. okay. <laughs> so, but I mean, I must've been the color of a tomato. I could feel the heat in my face. I was like shaking and, but yeah, so that was the terrible first ever singing in front of people experience. And it was so great that I didn't do it again for probably another, you know, seven, eight years. <laughs> I see. But you did later, you started singing in the worship I did. team. Yeah. Um, so I started on worship teams with my dad at 17 and I was playing percussion. So I was, I was playing 
congos and bongos and timbales, which is a ton of fun. I love it. I love it. And um, so I was doing that. And then my husband, um, I, we were getting older. I, I got married and my husband and I became the youth pastors at the church we were at. This was a mm. church in Vista, uh, West Coast Christian Center at the time. And um, when we were doing that, I wanted to start helping with the worship team for the youth. We had a couple really great kids that were uh, playing guitar and drums, but they didn't really have a keyboard player or anything. So I decided I would start helping out with the keyboard. And I started playing that for them. And, and then they needed a little help vocally. So I, that was, that was the thing that kind of triggered, triggered me to start singing is that they, they needed some help with that. So I thought, okay, well, I could kind of sing background and do that kind of thing. And so that's where it got started. <laughs> now, I've never had anyone from a worship uh, group or worship church, worship team on the, what goes on behind the scene? Is it all like nice yeah. and great and wow everybody how do you how do no. you guys uh, how do you guys prepare for the sunday services what what's the uh, what goes on in well actually most of it's good but if you want some stories to make people laugh yes I, I please <laughs> please please go ahead we had this one morning i mean it's you know for the most part it's really great and everybody's wonderful but you know we're humans and sometimes we just wake up on the wrong side of the bed <laughs> <laughs> it's early, early Sunday mornings, you know. And um, so we had this one Sunday morning where we were getting ready and we're doing, I can't remember what song we were playing, probably some Ron Cannoli song or something. And um, our drummer, he he would speed up a lot. You know, he, he was a great guy, but he had a tendency, you know, most drummers, you have a tendency to either kind of drag or speed things up a little bit. And he, he was speeding things up and he was kind of hitting some stuff that my dad wasn't loving. And um, so he kind of stopped him and he's like, hey, I need you to um, okay, slow it down, keep it steady and don't be running all over the song right here. You need to back off. And he, he didn't like that too much. I, he didn't. <laughs> He didn't take too well to it. So we start running through the song again. And he, to make a point of the fact that he didn't like that, decided to start hitting the cymbals really loud and just, he's just banging on the drums and he's hitting the cymbals Ooh. and he's, I mean, just going nuts. And uh, my dad kind of stops, turns around at him and, and they're both staring down each other like we're about to throw fists. <laughs> So he like throws down his drumsticks. Dad starts going forward. And then this wonderful elder woman that we have in the church, Sister Dorothy, she's so awesome. <laughs> she comes like running up on the stage, you know, because there's usually a group of people before service kind of praying and getting everything yeah. going. She's like running up on the stage, gets in between them. She's like, brothers, brothers, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> you know, let's take it down a notch. Hold on, hold on. We love the Lord. We love each other. <laughs> So, so this happened before the service starts. This is before service. Yeah. So we got to like, you know, bring it back, take some time to, okay, get back in the spirit. And he didn't leave. He didn't leave. <laughs> no, he didn't leave. We, we got through it. You know, we got but through You're a service. drummer. You can, you can, you could have covered for. <laughs> yeah. But no, but, he did good. They got it in check. They got, you know, back together and, and, uh, but, oh yeah, I, there's, there's been some interesting Interesting stories behind the scenes with, with worship teams. But for how the most much part, of that worship is, you know how sometimes you feel like the Holy Spirit is choosing the songs, leading the songs, or is it already prepared, planned, all? It just it always amazes me. Like, well, yeah. like, how do they come up with these songs and all that? What is the process? Well, Honestly, like for me, you know, as a worship leader, when I'm about to, I, I go into prayer about the set, you know, the, the songs that I'm going to pick. And I hate to call it a set because that's kind of a performance thing. But, you know, yeah. when you're when you're preparing for that week, uh, just being in prayer, just being in time with the Lord in worship and and he'll bring songs to you. And um, I, you know, I know I just a week ago, I was asked to lead worship at our church out here in Jeff City. And I was preparing for it and the Lord had just instantly like put a song on my heart. And I knew that that was kind of like, okay, we're definitely doing this one. I know that, you know, God just keeps bringing this song to my heart. And as I was going off of that song, it, it kind of, you know, it just, 
I could tell I needed to focus on the name of Jesus, on lifting up the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so the other songs that I was looking to add just kind of stayed in that theme. And, um, and it was hilarious because at the end of the service, uh, the song I had picked to be the very end was um, there's something about that name by the Gaithers, you know, Gloria Gaither. And, um, and before we even got a chance to start singing it, the pastor was moved by, you know, I mean, just the presence of, of God was great in there and you could just you feel him moving. And we were in this time of just worship and, and a lot of times he'll feel a song in his heart when he comes up. And so he came up and, and he stands up and he starts singing that song. He starts singing oh. Jesus. <laughs> what, you know, there's just something about that name. He starts singing it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's singing the song we're going to do. He didn't even know. He hadn't seen what the songs were that we had mm -hmm. chosen. And so he didn't even know. And, um, and so then he got time, you know, the band jumped in with him and he's like, wow, the band's like really on it today. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, Praise God. That's God. Yeah. That's the Holy Spirit. Amen. But, Amen. Yeah, but yeah, when it comes to, you know, preparing for a service, uh, the, the Lord is, you know, I mean, whether you got to set up all the songs you're going to do for a month or you can do a week to week basis, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and he knows what's going to happen and what's coming up. So he'll, he'll let you know, you know, I, I'm going to move here. So I want you to do this song or, and, and it, it was great. I got a lot of testimonies that week from people too, that that song really uh, encouraged them and gave them strength that they were dealing with some stuff and, and that song touched them. And so, so it's awesome. And, you know, I mean, you got to rely on the Holy spirit when it comes to anything you're going to do in a church service. He's, he's the one who's in control of it. He's the one orchestrating it. So it, the whole point is, is that he's being honored and he shows up. So. <laughs> Amen. And that's what I love, Heather, is when people, when the worship songs are about the Lord, about glorifying, honoring God, it's not like, oh, Lord, you forgot to come in yesterday and help me with my rent song, stuff like that. But <laughs> But I always said, you know, this is my always thing. I said, you know, uh, the poorer the the worship leader is, the the more powerful the worship is. Like, Lord, <laughs> you are the living water. If you don't come you know, to do anything mm -hmm. by Monday, they're gonna shut that one off. <laughs> you know, you're the light of the world. Yeah. And Lord, by Tuesday, they're shutting that one too, and stuff like that. But. Uh, you know, one time I was many years ago, I was in Washington, D.C. at a huge church uh, near the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And the worship pastor, I was talking to him and just praying with him and all that. And he said something really amazing. He said, for a worship leader has to have that appeal, uh, spiritual ability to take people from where they are coming in on Sunday late for service or didn't want to be there or the husband dragging the husband, dragging the kids. Yeah. And you you have to be able to take him from where they're at into the presence of God. And you yeah. have to do it within one song to start. And that's, that's what's amazing about worship. So tell me about Morgan Allen. How did that came about? What's, what, whoa, what's okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, I, you know, it had been a dream of mine for a long. I started writing music when I was 29 and my father's been writing music m my whole life. So I think from uh, his early twenties and um, he's had opportunities to record and he's done some in the past, but he hasn't done anything in a long time. And I don't think it was really anything he was pursuing, but it was my dream that um, if we got a chance to record, I wanted to, there were quite a few of his songs that I loved and I wanted those to be a part of it. And, um, and I wanted to record with him. Uh, we've worshiped together all these years. And so, um, so that was important to me. I, I definitely wanted to do it with him. And plus just music shouldn't be done alone. I, there's a lot of people that, you know, they, they can be independent artists, but, but it always takes a team. It's always a, a group effort. And so I definitely wanted to include him in, in what was going on. And the, the Lord had presented this opportunity to me. Um, he took me to his musician pool. I mean, literally I say the Lord took me there because he did. Um, I, we had been out here. Um, I had taken a year off from leading worship and, uh, and the Lord start really impressing on my heart. Um, I had someone had talked to me about his musician pool. It's this uh, ministry out of Jamestown, Missouri at this bridge studios. 
And so I had heard about it and thought, you know, I looked it up, checked it out a little bit, but I, I didn't head out there. I, I didn't really give it serious time. And the Lord woke me up one night and said, make sure you go this month, go to his musician. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> you know, <laughs> If you're going to wake me up in the middle of the night, it must be important. So, all right. All right. So the next day I looked it up and I saw they had an event coming up and I said, all right, I'm going, I'm putting it on the calendar. I'll be there. And so I headed out there. And um, when I showed up, nobody else was there and it was scary i mean it was it's in the middle of nowhere and there are no lights and it's night and mm. i literally i'm i'm driving up and i get to this place and it's this huge you know it's they're on like a i think they have about 70 acres of land wow. and um so it's in the middle of nowhere and it's just this building there's like a couple cars and there's dogs running all at me barking <laughs> I'm like hearing and, the music from Deliverance, you know, in the background. And, and you went by yourself. <laughs> yeah, and I'm by myself. I'm like, what am I doing? What did I get myself into? <laughs> and um, so I, I go in there and I kind of like open the door. I don't see anybody, but lights are on and I hear talking. So I go in and someone peeks around the corner and I'm like, hi, I'm here for the worship night. You guys got going on? She's like, oh, that was canceled. <laughs> and I, But I came in and I got to meet the, um, the leaders of the ministry, Shannon and Anita Davidson, and they spent four hours just talking to me, sharing their ministry with me, sharing the vision of the ministry with me. And I got to meet uh, Stefan Gastineau that night. He was on the, he's a, the executive um, audio engineer for the album. And he was there as a part of the ministry. And, and so he was sharing with me some of the music that they had been working on and other people who had been recording there. And, and it's an amazing ministry. Um, if anyone wants to check it out, check up hismusicianpool.com. Um, but they're, they're a studio that used to run commercially. And then the Lord told Shannon and Anita to close it down and to seek his face for a while about it. And then he told them to open it back up as a ministry where they would open it up to any Christian musician, any Christian songwriter that had a, a song on their heart. They wanted them to be able to record it and they wow. wanted to make it. And they honestly, they want to make it cost free. You know, they don't want it to cost anybody anything, but realistically it's mm. not quite there yet, not supported enough yet. But, um, but they had they made it where you could be um, a member by kind of a like a subscription, like a gym membership where you pay a very reasonable monthly fee and you're able to book any time at the studio. Uh, they provide the audio engineers and they have all the equipment there and you just come in, you you know, you book your time online, you go in and and they provide everything for you. and and. It's amazing. It was like $120 a month and you commit to a year and that makes it much more reasonable and affordable for anybody. I mean, I was to like, record I do and that. Get, yeah. yeah, I'm, I, you know, I've got four kids. My husband's working his butt off. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to take any money and it would be thousands and thousands of dollars to, to get recording time. And, you know, that just, it's expensive stuff. Right. And so I just, it was beyond me. I didn't think it was something that I'd ever be able to really get a chance to do. But when I saw that and they presented that plan to me, I said, wow, that is so amazing. I, I know that the Lord brought me here and he's saying it's time. It's time to do this. It's time to start recording these songs. And so um, I think it was like the next week I called my dad. I'm like, I found our studio. We're recording. Let's do it. <laughs> and he's like, what? So... Um, so he, I, I started working there in, um, I think it was, it was November when I went out of like 2018 and I instantly thought, well, it's the holidays. I'll start with my Christmas song that I have. So I started recording Prince of Peace and then, um, that March, I, you know, the studio is set up, they've got lofts there, they've got campgrounds. So it's set up so you can come and actually be on site. And we booked a whole week. I said, mm. you know, he came out and we actually slept at the studio in the loft for a whole week. 
Wow. And I, it's amazing. There's no way you could do that in the commercial recording right. world. It just, I mean, that would be like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars. So, um, so we stayed there and we spent an entire week just recording the songs that, um, that he had, you know, that I, I, I had told him, unless I, you know, I, I think I want to do this song, this song, this song. And I, I gave him a list of ones that I, that he had written that I wanted us to do. And, um, and then when he got there, he'd brought a couple more that I, I hadn't remembered. And we started looking at those. And one of them, which is really awesome, uh, it's called Push the Love. And it's this song that he wrote. He actually wrote it when we were at Calvary Chapel of Oceanside, uh, the youth pastor chick had asked him to write a song for the youth. He wanted them to have mm -hmm. something a bit more rocking that they could have fun with, you know. And uh, so he wrote this song, Push the Love. And my dad kind of has a sick sense of humor. So <laughs> it kind of comes across in this song. Uh, so it starts out, uh, I woke up this morning and wondered what I wanted to be. So I turned on my radio and took a look at my TV. They say, I can't be happy unless all my pimples are gone and I'll be much more sexy if I start to chew their spearmint gum. <laughs> so, you know, so that was kind of the, the theme of it, but it's actually this really fun kind of, uh, hair rock, you know, eighties mm. tune. And, um, we had a ton of fun with that. He started sharing it. I, I couldn't remember it. And then it started kind of coming back to me and, and he's kind of going over it. And I got this, I got this image in my head of him being like a dire straits, you know, him coming up with this, like, just kind of talk, you know, instead of singing it, just talking it out kind of like dire straits. And, mm -hmm. um, and then I'm like, I think I'm going to go like, you know, Clark sisters or something on this thing. I, I have this, I can hear this, kind of deep breathy you know, <laughs> I know a place kind of thing and so I I, um, I said you're gonna do the first verse I'm gonna do the second and we just went into it we got it in like two takes I mean we we only spent I think we did two takes on the vocals and um, and mm -hmm. it, it was just it was so funny the way it came out it just came together and it's not it's not totally polished you know it's one of those things that's kind of fun because it just it's just in the moment and, and it, you know, it's kind of unfinished, but, um, but I was, one of the things we were doing is um, because of the way I was singing it, I was being really low and just kind of breathy and soft. And so um, I think Nate, Nate and Yake and Stefan were in the engineering box, you know, they're working the board. And so he, he puts it on the lower level uh, where the gain is, you know, I mean, it's, it's really high so he can pick up, everything I'm doing and I'm in the middle of this one part and all of a sudden I just out of nowhere I decide I'm gonna belt this part I'm gonna do this vocal run I'm gonna belt this part out and I just go from like you know super soft to just triple forte <laughs> and I I look over and I see in the booth Nate just rip the headphones off and throw them he said the whole board went red. It just spiked and, and he, it was blowing out his ears. So he just throws the headphones off and he's like, what was that? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It came out of nowhere. I don't know what it did. But, um, but so that was really funny. I just about destroyed the board and, and blew out that's, earphones. <laughs> that's a good point, Heather, where you, you know, this is for dads. I mean, right now, I think your connection with your dad was the music that you guys were able to sing together. And that's where the relationship stayed in a very good place. Yeah. And that's kind of encouraging to parents who are watching right now. It's like, I mean, I see how much you love your dad just from you, you know, talking about how you guys are working together and doing this, the song that he wrote many, many years ago and yeah. you just want to honor him with it. Uh, that's amazing that you have, how is, uh, how is, uh, Chloe is your daughter who's Tally's age and good friend. That's our connection, how we got to meet. Yeah. How is her relationship with her dad? What is, what is the connection there? Oh, well, you know, they do really good. Um, he's, he's awesome about making sure she knows she's beautiful and, and, um, is taking time to encourage her in her, in her walk with the Lord and, and, um, you know, she's, she's been doing really great. She had an awesome time at youth camp this year and, uh, just, uh, what can I say? 
<laughs> I don't know. But, um, I, you know, I think daughters get their sense of self-worth and value from their fathers. Uh, I think I think when when that relationship is really good, you don't tend to be as needy as a woman for, mm. for a, you know, for a guy's love because you know you're valued and you know that you're uh, cared for. I mean, just like our heavenly father, you know, when we truly get an understanding of, of his love for us and the value that we have in his eyes and how he sees us, it, it makes us value ourselves more and we're not as willing to, you know, just do stupid things or, or, take chances with things because we're not we're not desperate for that love we, we're getting it from you know our our fathers and our, our heavenly father um so it, tim does a really great job of of letting chloe know um just you know how special she is and, and how important she is how is the, it how they're dealing with i mean right now when you read the statistics about kids their age with the anxiety and depression and all that is that uh, just in the uh, major cities is this happening in no no i you know i think it's i definitely think that is something that um everywhere we're dealing with because uh the isolation uh i think that is a lot of the issue um plus with all the it's kind of a bleak world right now you know there's a there's a lot to look at and think wow i don't have much of a you know i mean what is the future does the future look good yeah it's not looking great so i think um you know for a a lot of our kids there there is kind of a a sense especially with the um amount of time they spend on their phones and spend alone just watching little videos or, you know, um, it's, it's very isolated. I think, you know, because we think we're being social on our, our media platforms and stuff, we can feel like we are connecting, but there's just, there's no substitute for that human connection face to face being with other people being in their presence. And, um, so I, I think what we've been going through in the past year or so has caused just a lot of isolation and has really made it a challenge for um, kids to not get anxious about things or not feel anxiety, loneliness, you know? Um, So honestly, I can't say that I have, you know, done a great job in this area. Honestly, you know, my kids, they do spend a lot of time on their devices and Chloe does spend well, a lot of time. You're not alone. And you, you know what? There's so much. I mean, even if you try, I mean, you don't want to be just the police. And, you know, and we try to limit as, as yeah. much as you limit. You just, you know, one, one psychologist I was talking to, they said, uh, you know, when your kids are on their phone, remember when you were their age, you would take time to read a book. You right. would go write, uh, you know, write something. You would watch the TV. You would go into uh, play a game or something. Mm-hmm. He said, well, now everything they do is on a, on the screen. So right. everything, the reading, the writing, the drawing. the So he said, it's a, so it's hard. But I mean, uh, being a youth pastor for a while yourself, and now that being a mom and, and doing, what are you guys doing to to avoid that or to try to get your kids out of that mode or out of that kind of anxiety situation? What are you and Tim doing? Uh, well, one of the things that we do is um, you just, you have to be much more intentional now than I think we had to be before. I mean, you just, you had more family time before because people would just be in the same room with each other and, and stuff. Uh, so I think, for those moments, we have to be really intentional about it and think, okay, we need to pull all the kids out of their rooms, get them off their devices and, and have some family time, do something together as a family. And and so we'll, you know, we'll try to have those moments where like, we're, you know, just sitting down and for a meal and, you know, having them not be on their phone while we're, while right. we're together having dinner, you know, and, right. uh, you know, forcing them to have movie time. One of the things that I find that, you know, just, having our devices and even for us adults, you know, it's not just a kid thing, but even for us adults is our attention spans are so short 
it's like if we don't have three things going on at all times, we feel like we're missing something, you know, like I'm on board. I'm sitting here and I'm just watching a movie. How can I, you know, can I be playing a game on my phone while I'm doing it or texting five different people? You know, <laughs> So I, I think just getting us to stop and focus on one thing at a time, it's it's a challenge. But, um, you know, trying to get out and, and like take everybody out for a walk for a little while or just go for a ride in the in the car and everyone needs to look out the windows and not be on their devices or, you know, or take some time to watch a movie together or game night, you know, just taking some time to play Uno together. Or, um, I, <laughs> a friend of mine in Japan sent me this awesome game this this uh, Thanksgiving is Sushi Go Party. And <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Sushi Go Party? Sushi Go Party. <laughs> It's like she didn't know I love sushi, but she sent me this great game. It's got cute little sushi figures. <laughs> sushi you, can't get, you can't get good sushi in uh, in uh, Missouri, <laughs> can you? Actually, you know what? There's a place out here, and I don't know if it's in California, but there's a, a place out here called I Love Sushi. It's great sushi. It's really nice. Oh, they have it in, uh, what do you call it? In uh, Vegas, near Vegas. In oh, do they have it? In Henderson. Yeah, I love sushi. Yeah. So yeah, we got oh. a couple. I love sushi. We got one in Colombia and one in Jeff City, and um, they do really great sushi. So uh, we we haven't been too deprived. <laughs> somehow I turn in my shows to turn to food. I don't know why I'm. I'm I must be hungry all the time now. But no. Hey, well, in Ecclesiastes, isn't that what you know Solomon was saying? It's just just eat, drink, and and have a good time. With your <laughs> Now tell me, uh, Heather. Uh, this album is done, so now yes. people can watch it, uh, can hear it on Spotify and yes. uh, all that. Now you're going on tour with your dad. Is that it? So yeah. So you know, I wanted when we finished the album, I wanted to have a CD release party out in Vista, or you know, just out in California with family and friends and just people that have been supporting us through the years. And because of COVID, we didn't get the chance to do it. So, so I was like, okay, this summer, let's, let's make it happen. So this is kind of our postponed release party <laughs> a year later. Um, but yeah, but we're coming out. Um, our host church is the River Family Church in Vista. And they've got this beautiful outdoor facility uh, called the Gardens. And it's just... Oh, yeah, I heard of that. Yeah. And um, it, it's great because when they were planning it, I was actually kind of working with them to plan out what they were going to plant and stuff. Cause I love plants. So I, I work at a nursery and I love to do landscape design and stuff. So I was trying to help them out with, you know, what they were going to plant and how they were going to design it and stuff. But then I moved away. So I didn't get to see the completed project. So every time I would come to visit, I'd go over and they'd be in, you know, this phase of the project or this phase and it's finally done. It's been done now for, uh, maybe about a year. I think they finished up last summer and it's just, it's a gorgeous place. It's got fountains and uh, just wonderful garden areas. They're working on a conservatory where it's kind of an indoor coffee house type place that's on the site as well. And, and um, yeah, it's just, it's really pretty. It's really nice. You wouldn't expect it to be right there in the right off. Of this the is funny. <laughs> funny. You're talking about this because a few weeks ago I was in, Colorado with Dennis Agaginian and mm. a guy, a gentleman came in. He was one of the founders of that, and he wasn't the pastor, but he was in, and he was talking about this wonderful church that is in a nursery and there, and all that. That's the church, so awesome. Wow. So when is the date for that? When is the date? It's August twenty second, so it's a Sunday night at six p.m. and um, we're gonna be there that morning and lead worship for the River Family Church. And that it's actually it's really exciting because my father has a home church, uh, Souls Harbor, and he's going to bring his whole church over. And we're actually going to join the two churches together and worship together that morning. So I'm expecting oh. God to just do awesome things that morning. And we're just going to have a continuation of it that night. Um, one of the things that's really exciting for me about this night is I, you know, just with the way things are going, I'm like, I'm not taking anything for granted. If I, if I want to dream something, I'm going to do it. It's not going to be 10 years down the road. Cause I don't know if I have 10 years down the road at this point, you know? So, um, so I, I've always dreamed of just getting together with, uh, people that we've done worship with through the years that we love that are family. And so that's why it's called a night with Morgan Allen and family. Um, we've got other worship leaders that we've worked with through the years, other musicians that we've done worship with that are going to join us. And, um, so we've got Lester Abrams. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I know he's, Lester. 
he's going to be joining us and uh we got him he's gonna we're gonna do two of his songs that night some great songs it's gonna be so much fun um trace sojourn hodgins he's uh, a drummer and but he's also been doing rap and r b for years and had different groups so he's also on spotify under sojourn um a lot of rap and he produces other rappers too uh we got Mike Riddle joining us. Uh, he, my dad met him over at New Venture when he was leading worship at New Venture. That's and, where I got um, ordained. That's the yeah. church and, I talk <laughs> You I got ordained there? I speak there uh, a lot. Well, yeah. You know, like, you know, I used to cover for Pastor Sean for many years. So yeah. uh, that's New Venture. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> Lester used to be there. And who? Uh, Mike Riddle. Yeah, that's he used yeah, to be there. Yeah, so. Yeah, my dad, after he was leading worship at um, West Coast Christian Center, he went over to New Venture, started leading worship over there, and Lester came with him because he was on our team over at West Coast Christian Center. And uh, so he went with with my dad to uh, New Venture. And so then when my dad stopped leading worship at New Venture, Lester took over and does an amazing, amazing job. Uh, I know your then. dad then. He's, he's at New Hope now. <laughs> he's at Hope Church now. He's at Hope, yeah. I know, yeah. I know that Lester's Hope. I know yeah. your dad then. I know your dad. He probably Yeah, I think you've met him a few times. But, yeah, um, that's, yeah. Wow, what a small world. Now, <laughs> if you get busy and you get on a tour, you think your family supports that? Do you think they will go for that? They, you know, they have been doing, they've just been incredibly supportive. My husband is uh, pretty much bankrolls much of what I'm doing. So he's awesome about it. He's just, you know, he, he has always been very supportive of the gift of God that I have and, um, and wanting to see me be able to use that. And um, so I, I'm incredibly blessed to have my children and my husband just be very supportive of, of my ministry. What, what makes a good Christian wife right now? What makes a good Christian <laughs> wife in our time and age, you know, with all this crazy political, you know, <laughs> gender bender, whatever. What, is, what, what would you, what would uh, you honestly, say to women who are single, want to get married someday? What do you tell them? I would say, get over yourself. <laughs> Honestly, I, you know, like keep it simple. Let's just be honest about, you know, who we are. As women, God created us to want to have a man that we look up to in our life, that we walk through life with, that we get to partner with and, uh, and honor them for it, respect them for it. I, you know, I have three sons and an amazing husband. I love men. <laughs> I'll just say I love how God created them. I love the character that he gives them. And and I I don't feel like there's anything that I need to fight against there, you know. But I've been very blessed just to have amazing men in my life that have always been very supportive of me. I haven't been in a situation where I felt like someone was, you know, not respecting me because of, of my sex or, you know, I mean, so so I have been very blessed. Um I, I think a good wife is someone who's, who's supportive of their husband and what they're doing. And likewise, they'll be supportive and, you know, of, of what you're doing. Um, it's, a, it's a partnership, you know, and if you're both serving the Lord, then you should want to strengthen each other. You know, you should want to see them succeed and they should want to see you succeed and, um, you know, because the point is just to, to serve the Lord and, and to be a partner to the other, to walk together as one flesh and, and strengthen each other. And, um, and that's what I love about my husband is I felt that he, he completed, <laughs> not to be cheesy, you complete me, but he did, you know, I mean, the, the areas of my life that I felt like I wasn't the strongest and, and, you know, it kind of was like that opposite attract thing, but mm -hmm. there, there are core things that need to be the same, like your, your love for the Lord. Um, you know, a lot of the things that are important to you that needs to be the same, but a lot of our characteristics can be different and they, they might be things that drive you crazy, but at the same time, it's nice to have that, um, like, you know, he's a morning person. I'm not. 
(laughs) (laughs) He loves to be up early. I love to be up late, you know, and, and that can drive you crazy, but it, it pushes me to have someone in my life that, you know, is good at being on time, is good at being early, it good. Um, it, it helps me because that's not my struggle with, you know, so I, I love having someone in my life who loves me and ca- takes care of me and, and is like, OK, come on, come on, Heather, we got to go. Let's go. Tell me, what do you what do you say to mothers who with this COVID, with the quarantine, with everything is like in the air and they're at the end of the rope. What do you say to those moms? <laughs> it's funny you're you know, laughing. I, I'm laughing because I've been very blessed. My kids are at that age where they don't need that constant attention. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're home and you've got toddlers and, and you're dealing with them home 24-7 and stuff, that is hard. That is hard because they acquire, they require a lot of your attention and a lot of your energy. And so that's definitely a harder place to be is if you're a young mother and you have young children. Um, but what I would say is to um, try to get with other women as much as possible. That was, okay. you know, that was a thing that really strengthened me as a young mother was having other mothers to talk to and to just uh, pray together and just uh, talk about the things you're going through and your struggles and just having that outlet uh, to have other women to talk to that are in similar situations. And it's important to have a mentor in your life too, someone that's older, that's been through it, that can be like, hey, you know, there is, this isn't where you're going to be forever. This is for a couple of years where it's really hard and it requires a ton of your constant attention. Um and, you know, just knowing that it's not here forever, you know, you get, you get to new phases and stuff like that. So as a young moms, I, I'd say I'm praying for you, <laughs> get together with other women as much as you can. I, I know COVID, you know, that makes it really hard if you're supposed to be quarantining and staying away, but I mean, just get into open areas, you know, parks and, and uh, hang out with other moms. If you got to sit away from each other on a park bench, just do it. Cause you got it. You got to get with other people. It's just community and having the, especially as women, we need to be able to talk. You know, we our, our husbands are working hard and they're tired anyways when they come home. Are you talking their ear off when they come? <laughs> you need somebody else, you know, someone else okay. who can commiserate because they're just like shutting you off. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm tired. I just worked. Now I got kids to come up to. So, but um, yeah, having other women to just fellowship with and, and pray with and talk about what you're going through was a lifesaver for me. What do you say to single women, widowed women, the people who are just going alone in this time that we're going through? What do you say to them? Uh, let the Lord be your strength. Uh, I, you know, when when I was single and I got married at 21, so I wasn't single. Too you weren't long. single. No, you weren't single. <laughs> But I, I would, you know, when if I felt lonely or I felt like I, I you know, who is this person's going to be in my life? I would pray for my future husband instead of praying for a specific relationship or specific person. And just like, Lord, you know who you're going to bring into my life. So wherever they're at, I want you to bless them and, and continue to grow them in their faith and, you know, just be with them and turn them into the man that's you know, good for me. Um so, you know, if, if you're feeling lonely and you, you're not sure what is coming next, I would say just know that the Lord knows what's going to happen. Start to pray for your future husband. If you're a widow and, you know, let the Lord be your husband and rely on him. Mm-hmm. And when the time is right, he'll bring a person into your life if that's what he has for you. But having the Lord be your strength and letting the Lord be your partner and that person that brings you comfort and brings you, um, you know, just that companionship, I think is the best way to find peace and find um, love and acceptance and value. Um, Yeah. Other than that, I don't (laughs) That's very good. That's very good. Now, um, you're going to do that event on that 22nd of August. Yes. And yes. that's, you guys going to do the worship in the morning and do the concert at night, right? Yes. And yes. that's, is there tickets? Can, is it free? Is it just, uh, so, um, where I can people anybody, get? 
Yeah, I want anyone to be able to come. So I set it up where you can come by donation. Uh, you know, you can just show up that day. No one's going to turn you away. <laughs> it's, it's not like you have to have a ticket, but uh, we're set up on Eventbrite. Um, mm. I've got links on my Facebook page, Morgan Allen Music. Um, we've got links on uh, my website, which is uh, MorganAllenMusic.com. <laughs> MorganAllenMusic.com. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's Eventbrite is what I'm doing it through. So you just go on there. Um, you can, you know, I've got it set up with PayPal so you can use your credit card or whatever, if you want to give a donation. And if, you know, unfortunately it didn't, it didn't set up where you could choose to just hit, I want a free ticket, you know, but, um, so if you want to come, but you don't have anything to give, just show up. We're not going to turn you away, but you can go on Eventbrite and, um, find the address there yeah get the address and all the info and and we'll put any updates you know i know a lot of stuff is going on in california right now so if, if any anything changes which i'm like nope it's not gonna change we're having this event <laughs> I'm not i don't think it will i hope i don't think so uh, <laughs> no tell me how can people listen to you guys' music right now Morgan, so we're know. we're on spotify um you we're on itunes we're on uh, YouTube, you know, you can go to YouTube music, our whole albums on there, all the singles, um, any, any music streaming, we, you know, CD, CD babies, our distributor, and they distribute to just about yeah. every music streaming listening place you can go to. So, uh, you can go to Deezer, you could go to, the only thing is we're not on Pandora just because they use humans, which is awesome, but <laughs> They have to, you know, go through every bit of music and our distributors just sent their entire catalog to them like eight months ago. So they got a lot to go through. So we're not on Pandora yet, but um, just about every every other place. Um, you can go on my website, Morgan Allen Music, and I've got the track set up where you can listen to all of the music there for free. You can download oh. a track if you want um, for, you know, like 99 cents or something. But um but yeah, but, so that's that's how you can listen. Is that where the people, if they need to hire you and your dad to sing, to come to their church or to come to do an event, that's where they can go and find, get a hold of you guys? Yeah, you can go on the website. Um, just to contact me, it's uh, you email me at uh, morganallenmusic101 at gmail.com. And, um, and that's the way to get a hold of us. And then that's also on the website. It shows you can go on there and... Um, contact us that way but yeah uh, we're gonna be when we come out to california we're actually gonna be there for about two two and a half weeks i'm bringing some people with me i don't want to forget to talk about them um abby malloy is a artist that i met out here through his musician pool uh, she had recorded there with Stefan Gastineau, with Nate Yake. And um, so they knew her really well. I got to meet her, listen to her stuff, and um, we became good friends. And so she, I wanted to bring her out with me. So she's going to be opening for us that night and um, playing along with us, singing background vocals for me when we're doing our music. And um so Abby Malloy is going to be coming. She's an amazing singer. She's been, uh, she moved out to Nashville a little bit ago and she's been able to record with um, Maverick City. She was actually able when the, they had shut down the Dove Awards because of COVID. So they didn't have any live people there. She actually got to be there and perform with, um, gosh, Sinatch and um, hmm. Mandisa and I just everybody that was there, I think Matthew West, you know, so she's she's been able to to get out there and record with some amazing Christian musicians. And it's just been a blessing uh, just to watch her go and, and what God's been doing with her. So she's going to come out. She's uh, just released her third EP and um, it's kind of it's called Light in the Darkness, uh, the Decade Mix. She had done Light in the Darkness, um, and I got to sing on some of those tracks. And then she re-released oh. re this one, which is more of a, an acoustic-based 
Um, but she's got a couple new songs on that one and some of the songs from her other EP. But um, so, yeah, so she's going to be coming out. And um, and then the guys that worked on the album with us, I promised them when we had our California CD release party, I would bring them with me. So I'm bringing Nate Yake and his family and Stefan Gastineau. And he's just getting married in August. So he's technically still on his honeymoon when he comes out. (laughs) That's awesome. We're looking forward to be there. And I want to encourage uh, you guys who are watching and listening uh, or going to listen to this before August 22nd. If you live in Southern California, please do come. This is going to be an amazing night. Me and Maha will will do, you know, we'll be there to hopefully. So, so thank you so much for your time. And You're you want to close us in prayer? Absolutely. And thank you for having me on, Nazareth. I'm so oh, honored. My pleasure. Lord, we just lift up this event to you, Father, and Nazareth and Maha and their podcast. Lord, I just pray, Father, that your will be done, that your kingdom come. Lord, for all of those that are listening, that are are, um, tuning in, Father, I just pray that you would be moving in their lives. Lord, that any need, any lack that they have, Father, that you would complete them, that you would provide for them any health that they need. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you are the healer. And I just pray, Father, for... Uh, your people in California, your people, actually, uh, Nazareth was telling me, people all over the world are listening to this. So, Father, for all those all over the world that are dealing with depression, anxiety, who are concerned about the things that are going on in the world, Lord, we thank you, Father, that um, you are our stronghold, that you are our uh, support, that you are our strong tower, that we can run into you and be safe. And I just thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon your people, that your covering is upon your people, and that you're pouring out your Holy Spirit in these days, Father, to fill us with strength, to cast out all fear. And we just thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon us. We pray that you would continue to guide and direct us, continue to bless Nazareth's ministry, Father, and his ability and his desire to bring joy and laughter to people in the midst of the darkness that we are surrounded by. And Father, I just thank you for those all over the world in every situation they're dealing with. Lord, that you would encourage them and strengthen them in their most holy faith. Lord, that they would know that uh, if you are with us, who can be against us? We just thank you and praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so, so much, Heather. Looking forward to see you guys in California. Can't wait. I'm so excited. (laughs) Okay, bye-bye. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for uh, listening and watching. And I want to remind you tonight, every weeknight at 8.30 p.m. Pacific time, you can go to Facebook at Comedian Nazareth, and you can laugh with us, be funny with us, and then we'll encourage you and we'll pray for you at the end of the show. So, uh, well, we won't pray physically for you. We'll take your prayer request and we'll pray for it throughout the day and the week. And we've done that for so many people. So a lot of people with anxiety and some people with depression, they they join us once in a while and they get encouraged and lifted up. So we want to encourage you to join us and be funny with us. You know, you're funny. So why not just come and show everyone on the show? We have about between what? 70 to 100 people each night that will uh, that are watching live and then three to hundred to three thousand views after that so if you're funny you're funny if you're not funny you're you still can be funny because we'll ask you funny questions so love you guys thank you so much for watching this live broadcast and we hope to see you tonight at 8 30 p.m or next tuesday in jesus name amen thank you so much <laughs>